You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. On God. Sometimes you just got to let shit go. Facts. I mean, shit, call me Elsa. Why am I calling you Elsa? Hello, Frozen. Let it go, let it go. No? You didn't get it? We don't got daughters. Just say dead ass. We don't, yeah, we don't be watching that shit. All right, dead ass. <laughs> hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm Deval. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. Sometimes when, when it's time to let things go, it'd be hard for you to let it go because it's people you love. Mm -hmm. For example, everybody knows my brother Brian is my best friend. Yes. Right. I retired from the NFL in 2000. Coincidentally, he graduated from college in the same year. So we moved back to the apartment together. We were living together. Uh, it was almost like we were the odd couple. I hadn't lived with my brother since I was 18. He was 16. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we couldn't live together. I was downstairs in our parents' basement. He was upstairs because we shared a room our whole lives. And we, we couldn't stand each other during that time. But now it's like, you know what? We're back together. Let's make this work. We're talking about building. You know, I had lost my job. He had graduated from college. He didn't want to move back in with my parents. I wasn't married yet. Kadeen and I were engaged. We could use the additional income. Mm -hmm. So we was like, you know, let's have roommates. Yeah. So we, we moved in with my brother Brian and Sharif mm -hmm. and Tevia oh at the time. Oh, my God. We, we had... were doing it big, guys. <laughs> doing it real big. <laughs> Getting mad roommates now that I think about it. Yikes. So my brother and I started a company called Elite Prototype Athletics Incorporated. And we were doing extremely well. At the same time, there were problems at home. <laughs> when I talk about problems at home, I'm not talking about Kadeen and I. <laughs> Talking about me and my brother. Yes. This was my apartment, right? I paid most of the bills. I paid the heat. I paid the gas. 
And since he was a young guy, it was almost like he was kind of like my son, even though he, he wasn't my son. So he'd be coming in the house late from being out. Mm-hmm. And I'd be sitting that up. <laughs> I'd be sitting up in him like, yo, bro, how you not going to text me? You coming in. I got a son in here. My wife is in here. And you just walk in here at three or four o'clock in the morning. He looking at me like, dude, I'm grown ass man. <laughs> and then I sound just like my father. You're not a grown ass man looking, living in my house. If you're a grown ass man living in your own apartment. So I was like, you know what? This, this isn't working. Simultaneously, we're still building this company. The company's doing well. So it's almost like you're working with someone and you you live with them. It's like we were married. Mm-hmm. One day, he was going to, I think, the movies. Going to the movies. And me and Kay were leaving to go somewhere. And I go into the bathroom after he's left. And his hair in the sink. <laughs> and you know I hate yes. when his hair in the sink, yes. right? So... I called him. I said, Brian, yo, there's hair in the bathroom sink. He says, it's not mine. It hangs up the phone. So now I'm pissed. Okay, now I'm pissed. Because I know it ain't my hair because I wasn't there when I cut my own hair. <laughs> if I had cut my hair and left it, I would have been there. Right. But I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was mine. So I went into his room and sure I found a brush. Mine. No, it wasn't yours. <laughs> I found a brush that he used after he cut his hair. Mm-hmm. And I shook the brush out over the sink. You know what came out? Hair. Hair. So I called him back. I said, Brian, you're a liar. He said, what you mean? I said, there's a brush in your room. He screams, you went in my room? I said, yes. He said, how you going to go in my room? I said, because this is my apartment. <laughs> you pay partial rent for this one room, but as the owner of the apartment, I have the right to go in any room I want. And you own, like, technically the door? Yes, I own the door. And I own the door in that part right. of the room as well. So I can open it whenever I want. <laughs> so I was like, yo. You got to come back here and clean out the sinks. I'm not cleaning it up. So he ignored me. Hung up the phone ignored me. So me being the petty person I am, I fired him from the company. <laughs> and I dissolved the company. Not you mixing relationship and work. It was all toxic. It was bad. Yeah, it's true. It was bad. It was all toxic. I fired him from the company. I dissolved the company. I gave him his share in the severance package, and I, I continued to move on by myself. <laughs> Not a severance package. Right? Yes, I gave him a severance package. Because this shit ain't working. On top of that, Facts. I made the nigga move out. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yo, you cannot live with me thinking you can do everything you want to do on your terms, and I'm just going to stand for it. Yeah, so me and my a... brother went completely separate ways mm-hmm. after about two years of building that company. And you know what happened after that? He went back to college, mm-hmm. got his master's degree. Mm-hmm. Became a ten, an attendance teacher and started making more money he ever made in his life. Mm-hmm. Something that he wasn't doing during the time because kind of had a little bit of a crutch, right? Oh, for he sure. He was living at home with his mm-hmm. older brother, didn't have to pay as much in rent, can come and go as he pleased. But then when he moved out mm-hmm. and that rent went from paying $500 a month for that room to $3,000 a month for that rent, mm. it's time to really get focused in life. That's a fact. Shit got real, real quick. And for me, it allowed me to release being that older brother. And feeling like I had to, I had to be there for him, mm-hmm. which kind of made him feel entitled to do whatever he wanted to do because he felt like I was always there. Mm-hmm. And plus, I had to refocus because now I had a son and I had a wife. We had just recently got married, so mm-hmm. it allowed both of us to grow by separating from each other. Right. And I noticed in that moment that sometimes it's in the best interest for both parties to just let things go. I got a little remix. I'm going to sing a song, and it's not really the words of the song, but uh-huh. the melody you'll remember. Okay. All right? Uh, shout out to Tony Braxton, I believe. Oh, that's her. my girl. Ready? Let it go. 
Let it go, let it go, let it go. It's definitely let it flow. Is it? Yeah. It's, it sound better. Everything's going to work out right, you know. I mean, I guess you can. You see that? Remix that joint. going to work out right, you know. Let it go. And you know yeah. her voice be deep. She's singing that deep octave. I mean, she might have a let it go let mixed it. in with the flow. I mean, I let I mean, you know like this. But when I let shit go with my brother, things started to, to flow, flow way Look at better. That. that is a fact. So it works. All right. Yes. Well, I'm down for the remix then. <laughs> shit. All right. Well, let's go. Uh, one thing we can't remix is these bills. Facts. Because uh, the bills is going to bill. So <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and get back to the meat of the show. Stick around. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all. Losing two loved ones in a matter of six months it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurter to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite... 
coconut oil, and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin, and down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. All right, so. All right, back to story time. Let me tell y'all, first of all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Having roommates, baby. Yes. yes. It's like having a roommate who's a stranger is one thing, right? Yes. You think about college roommates getting into your dorm room, first mm-hmm. time moving in. That already mm-hmm. is like a learning curve. I knew when I moved in with my roommate my first year at Hofstra Ooh. that I had to do everything in my power to have my own four walls. That I don't care one. if. My room was going to be eight by eight by eight by yeah. eight. How many eights is that? Anyway. That's four eights. Four eights. It was mine. Yeah. My four walls, right? But then when you add the layer of a family member who you genuinely care about. Absolutely. And I think in any moment when you decide to move a family member into your home or your space, it's naturally because you're saying, okay, I want to assist this person or help this person yeah. get on their feet. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, all parties involved, because we benefited from that as well, too. Absolutely. By having, you know, Brian Absolutely. having Sharif at one point living with us. Like, yeah. that apartment was the place where we all kind of started. We started and built. We yeah, build. it was like fresh out of college. What's the best yeah. way to most cost effectively exist and build? That's what all college students should do, too. If you have a group of friends that once you get out into the real world, if you don't want to take on all that responsibility of paying all the bills, share an apartment, share the bills, mm-hmm. put extra money away and then put yourselves on like a five-year plan yeah. to say after five years, if I say, for example, an additional $1,000 mm-hmm. a month, mm-hmm. that's $12,000 a year, that's $60,000 over the course of five years, you can put a down payment on a home, your oh, own yeah. condo, an apartment and have your own space, but at least you can do it in a way where you feel uh, safe and secure and not trying to make ends meet all the time when you have roommates. Absolutely. Until you leave hair in the sink and then what? So <laughs> let me, let's, let's unpack that, right? Yes. This is, and this is important. This is important, right? I chose this story to tell because my brother and I, like, you don't get closer to someone than someone you grew up with in the house. Right. Right. Me and Brian are, Two years apart, mm-hmm. we did everything together. I don't remember life without my brother. Mm-hmm. So you would figure that living with someone that you lived with growing up would be easy, mm-hmm. right? You would you would think that, right? On top of that, we started a business together. Mm-hmm. And I use that as an example because marriage is two-part, right? Mm-hmm. It's the emotional, spiritual part, the friendship part, but then it's also the business, mm-hmm. right? With my brother, I felt almost like it was a marriage. We were living together, so you have that marriage, emotional, spiritual part together as my brother. Mm -hmm. But we officially had a business together that we were working on together. Mm -hmm. I learned during that time that just like with you, everybody has their own process, regardless of if they grew up in the same house. Mm -hmm. He and I went to separate middle schools, separate high schools, separate colleges. So we we had different experiences in life, which caused us to be very different people. When trying to live with someone, you start to realize all their little quirks Mm -hmm. and you have to make a decision on, does this really work for me Mm -hmm. and does this really work for us? Well, you know what I think the issue was too? 
when you work with someone who in turn you have to go home to at night, usually when you clock out of work, your escape from work right. is home. Right. Your escape from having to talk about anything work related is mm-hmm. you you can have a, a, a cutoff time, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. But when you have a family member or mm-hmm. a spouse, like for example, you and I, mm-hmm. we have moments where the lines get blurred too because it's just like shit. Like right now, I want to talk to my husband, not my right. coworker, <laughs> my, my right. co-host. You know right. what I'm saying? I just want to speak to my husband, who I have the emotional attachment to, yeah. not the business attachment to. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with you and Brian. Why it kind of strained your relationship in that moment too, because it's like your brother, who you used to just kind of like shooting mm-hmm. shit with and doing fun things with. Now you're having resentment because why? His process is not like yours. And it's something that we had an issue with too working, yeah. you know, together. But but I don't think it only happens with work though. I think it even happens with married couples who don't even work together, right? So for example, you are, you're my best friend. We do a lot of friendship things together. Mm-hmm. Even if we didn't work together, we still have to parent together. True. Parenting is a whole different job. Yeah, It's like when I'm speaking to you now and you only want to talk about the kids, it's very similar to only talking about work. Mm-hmm. What if we don't have kids? What if you want to you want to focus on building another business, right? Mm-hmm. And you always want to talk about work. Well, sometimes one partner is like, I just don't want to do, I want my friend right now in this mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about the marriage. I don't want to talk about counseling. I don't want to talk about the kids. I don't want to talk about business. Mm-hmm. On top of that, People's lifestyle be different, right? Brian was just coming back from college. Mm-hmm. He was used to being in and out on his own terms, on his own time. Right. And he was paying rent. I had a wife at home and I had a son at home. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to someone else being in my space coming in and out. Right. So there is no right and wrong in that situation. It's just a difference of lifestyle. Right. And it didn't work collectively for the two right. of us. Right. Because for you, it was a safety thing. You were like, yo, when I lock my doors at night in my house, yes. then I'm expecting to sleep soundly because if I hear some rattling at the door, somebody yes. might got their head taken off, Facts. you know? So Facts. it became like it was a safety thing. You were like, yeah. yo, you have to let me know mm-hmm. if anyone's coming in and out of here at random times just because... You know, right. I need to know. Um, and you can't sleep sound in your own house when you know that's happening, nope. you know. Um, but staying in your familiar places, situations, and relationships kind of gives people comfort. And I think people rely on comfort a lot yes. in these situations because mm-hmm. why? They don't want to make it uncomfortable. So that uncomfortable conversation that you then had to have with your brother, it's like, how did you decipher how am I gonna how am I gonna roll this out to him without it being from a petty standpoint? Because People might think, oh, right. shit, like now you want to dissolve the business because he left hair in the sink at home. Like, was that really worth it? But right. no, you guys had already had differences in how you wanted right. to roll out the business plan and how the work was divided. So I think yeah. it was a compounded amount of things that really got you to the oh, decision. No, it absolutely. wasn't just like no, it wasn't, I up and wanted to just have no. a tantrum and dissolve the business. No, you not know? at all. Not at all. I was, yeah. That was a joke as far as me being petty and dissolving the business. But it really was um, something that he and I had to sit down with. Mm-hmm. And decide what was best for us as brothers. Because it got to a point where um, the tension was so bad in the house. We would both show up to our parents' house as we typically did after going to the gym. Because that was a neutral site. And we didn't speak to each other. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't talk. Mm-hmm. you know. And um, I learned a lot about myself during that process. That I like things a certain way. Mm-hmm. And even if you're my best friend, that doesn't mean that we have to work together. Because you like things a certain way as mm-hmm. well. You like things differently. And that, that brings me to... Um, the topic in general of letting it go, right? Letting it go doesn't only mean, you know, with your friends or mm-hmm. your family, but it could also mean divorce, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You and I never, ever talk about divorce. Mm-mm. Not because, now. We have, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we but definitely we, have we in made the past. a decision in our marriage that divorce is not going to be on the table. Right. But we do have people ask us all the time, like, I'm married. I don't know if this is going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think 
I should look for a divorce? Should mm -hmm. I let this person go? Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what this topic of the show is, knowing when it's okay to right. say it's time to move forward. Right. And um, I want to start by saying this and using my brother as an example because he's not, he wasn't a love interest. You know what I'm saying? This wasn't about us having differences because most people think when, when there's a divorce happening, what happened? Someone, Someone cheated. cheated yeah. It's infidelity, right? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to use this as an example because there was no cheating going on. This is my brother we're talking about. But right. our lifestyles were so different. Right. Our mindsets on what we wanted for each other, what we, we wanted for ourselves in that moment didn't work. Mm -hmm. And even though collectively we were making money working together as a business, mm -hmm. the friendship and the brotherhood was more important to both of us that we was like, we can't work together. Yeah. Imagine if people applied that same principle to marriage and friendships, mm -mm. right? Mm -hmm. You have a, a wife... Or a husband, and over time living together, you realize that your lifestyles are different. Mm -hmm. You realize over time that even the marriage, the way we do business and conduct business in our marriage is different. Mm -hmm. And neither one of you want to change. Right. That is the moment when you realize it is okay for us to let things go. Mm -hmm. For you and I, for example, we talk about we over me, right? We're right. both in it collectively. I'm going to do what I have to do and evolve and change for you. You're going to do the same thing for me. Mm -hmm. If it were different and I said, you know what? I'm set in my ways. I like doing things the way I want to. Yeah. And I'm not in a position, nor do I think I ever want to be in a position where I have to change for someone. And you're in a relationship with someone who believes the same thing. You can be in agreement that it's not okay for y'all to be together mm -hmm. and be better apart. We've seen some of our closest friends who've been together longer than Kadeen and I decide that they no longer wanted to be together and became better friends because they became mm -hmm. healthier partners yeah. and were able to co-parent. Right. And we have friends that have a business together and children together and have been effortless their separation and divorce has been effortless because they're in agreement that they believe in their own way. Mm -hmm. And I feel that if more people were mature enough to have that conversation yeah. and decide that we're not going to stick together for optics, mm -hmm. you know, because for me and Brian, it was the same thing. Well, we started prototype together. If we split up, people are going to think. And then we were like, you know what? No one realistically has to know or understand why, why we it split up. Yeah, for sure. Businesses dissolve all the time. We can dissolve yeah. the business. I changed the name from Elite Prototype Athletics to Prototype Sports Performance mm -hmm. Lab. Got a different business partner. And the business thrived. My brother started coaching at Grand Street Campus. Mm -hmm. Won the city championship. Went mm -hmm. back and got his master's degree. We had another child. He ended up getting another place. We ended up buying a home. It's like yeah. that split. Right. Made us better individually. But it also did what it was supposed to do when we were together. It yes. afforded y'all the opportunity to save that's, that's a and good build point. a business and that's all that. Point. So that is actually the silver lining around the whole moment of y'all dissolving the company. We got what we needed out of it. Yes. You did and he did. Yes. You know? Um, you also said something important. You said, what will he he said to you, you know, what will people think if we dissolve the company? And it's what a lot of people experience with divorce, for example, yes. right? We know mm -hmm. several people mm -hmm. who are just in unhappy places mm -hmm. in their marriage. Miserable. And just for optics. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's for comfort. Just feel like I'm just going to exist in this space. No, I'm not. I don't and think it's just that. Like, you don't think it's just that? I think part of it is optics because we've been conditioned to feel as if if you get a divorce, it's you fail. Yeah. And most people, for their own psychological reasons, like I'm not going to be a failure. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stay in here miserable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as opposed to finding my peace. What we ultimately have to do is normalize people deciding to make changes in their lives and not being condemned for yes. it. Yes. Normalize people making changes for their 
betterment mm-hmm. for their well-being for their mental health like yes. we want to throw mental health around so much now it's like yes. if this relationship is no longer serving me in this space or i know that i am not in a condition or a position to be of service to someone in this space being mature enough to say you know what i think we need to let this go and letting people thrive i mean this, we got one shot at this as one far shot as at we life. know as one far shot as we at know life. one shot so it's like why it's like you know i, I see and experience, you know, the energy from certain couples around me that I'm just like, man, like, I feel like y'all would just thrive so much better if you were maybe apart. Right. You know, like you hate to be the one to say that, or I can think it internally and never express it, but you just wonder like, man, I wonder if this couple would be just happier if they're just so, so different. So let me ask you, are there are there certain things or or not, I won't say red flags because that's just like a, mm-hmm. but is there some, is there anything that you'd be like, you know what? I think divorce may be better for this couple. Mm-hmm. Are there certain things you look at in a couple where you say, nah, they need to be divorced? Because, you know, we always work on helping people build. build yeah, together. Like, that's always our biggest mm-hmm. thing is, like, let's try to work and communicate. Mm-hmm. Is there any a point where you say, nah, they need to let this go? I mean, I think, yeah. I think there's, um, for example, if a couple are on two different wavelengths, for example, with just what they want out of life. Mm-hmm. That can be extremely daunting. We had a listener letter recently. I don't know how it's going to roll out in the episodes, but it talked about resentment being built because, you know, this person was like a go-getter trying to build their business. Mm-hmm. And we were assessing the situation and thinking, you know, maybe her spouse was just comfortable with his simple lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So when you have one person uh, who's always yes. just one person who's always pounding the pavement looking for the go, next, go, go, next go, gig, go. what's the next move? What's the next way I'm going to ascend? And then you have one person who is just like content with just... I got a roof over my head. I got clothes on my back. I'm okay with a simple life. That is a toxic environment to be in because why? You got one person who always feels like they're putting themselves out on the limb, who's always going to be pushing to be the breadwinner. And then you got one person who's sitting back saying, I'm comfortable. You know, there's so many different emotions from either party you know that can just be so toxic. You know why that's so funny, right? Part of the reason why my brother and I didn't work in the business was that same exact reason. How am I, when, you're right. When I when you think about my life, right, I've always been a dreamer, right? Yeah. I went from I, I want to start a program, I want to own a gym, I want to have multiple gyms, I want like I wanted prototype to be this big national thing. My brother was like, we have a community here in Brooklyn that needs to be serviced. I'm comfortable servicing the community. Right. That's it. And now is he wrong? No. no. Am I wrong? No. It's just too different mentalities and mindsets mm-hmm. working on the same business and it can't work that way nope. it, because he was hyper-focused on the kids in the community. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, yeah, I, I know, but we have so much that we can give and offer to so many other kids. Why just limit it to kids in the community? Right. And for him, he would just, he couldn't fathom it. He was just like, how are we going to service the nation, mm-hmm. DeVal? Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking about other programs. I thought about doing a prototype on demand, which was an app and all this other stuff. And I didn't feel the support from my brother when they came to doing all of those things. Right. And he thought and you were doing the most. He thought I was doing too much. Right. Right. And then if you if you look at the way our lives have gone, right, we've built this platform mm-hmm. to help people on a national and international scale. So I was able to do mm-hmm. and scale what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And my brother was able to do and scale what he wanted to do because he ended up winning a city championship in 2015. He's the head coach of Canarsie High School now. He does a bunch of free programs for kids in Canarsie right now. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow, they both were extremely successful at what they wanted to do. Exactly. But in that moment when we were together, 
Oh my god. We couldn't get anything done. Could we were just moving in done. circles arguing. Uh, yeah, because you felt like he wasn't doing enough. Yeah. And you felt like you were dragging him along and he felt like I was doing bro, too much. He was the worker bee. Yeah. You know, he was the worker bee and Deval was like the innovative mind. And I think you have to also respect people in what they are comfortable and wanting to do. Like not Absolutely. everybody is going to be the innovative creative That's mind. That's you true. know, and then what does the innovative creative mind need? the worker bees who are actually yeah. going to implement and put these you know ideas into place and just even knowing being experienced with you being married to you mm -hmm. like i've told you recently that i feel like you need to do more of being present in the moments that you're in and absorbing and being happy and being grateful for and also just celebrating yourself in moments of accomplishments for yeah. example you 20 years ago told me that you wanted to have your own tv show yeah and literally almost 20, 20 years to, to the, the day, day you have your own tv show like this was october 3rd 2002 2002 yeah and your show premiered september 22nd 2022 that's crazy that's and crazy. when it hit us when we had this yeah. conversation recently i'm like do you even realize that first of all this was 20 years in the making so when people see you now or see yeah. us now and think like now nah, this shit happened overnight hell no it didn't it's 20 years 20 years in the making to the date and i was just like oh my god it almost made me emotional and i'm like devout you need to be present in this. Like, yeah. do you understand how big this is? You have your own show mm. 20 years in, you know, and I'm just so happy for that and happy for you in that moment. Um, but yeah, it was something that we always kind of saw between you and Brian, for example. And I see that in some married couples now where that can be grounds for a divorce because y'all are just not on the same wavelength and want different things out of life. But now here's the crazy part, right? Most people are not going to be on the same wavelength. Mm -hmm. You know what the red flag was or the line in the sand that, that we had to end the relationship in that way mm. was when the communication stopped. Mm. And I used the example with the hairbrush mm -hmm. as an example for a reason, right? That hairbrush story was a microcosm of what our relationship was, right? Mm -hmm. Something happens, Right, something very, very small, and it can easily be communicated mm -hmm. of what happened. Someone can take accountability, but when you have two people who are both in the relationship to prove that their way of doing things is right, mm -hmm. and neither one is willing to listen to the other partner for the betterment of the the whole group, mm -hmm. that means the communication is done. When mm -hmm. we get around our parents, we wouldn't talk. Mm -hmm. When we when we got to the gym and got to work, he did his job, I did mine, we didn't talk. Mm -hmm. At that point, especially in a marriage or even a friendship, mm -hmm. that's when it's time to move on. Because like you said, Every relationship realistically has its season mm -hmm. and its season is determined on how much the two people are willing to communicate mm -hmm. to, to help each other out. Once the communication or the ability or the need or the want or the desire to communicate to change for each other ends, that's when the, the season is done. And that doesn't only have to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. It can also be in a friendship True. because we see a lot of friendships who you were friends for five or 10 years and... Now you're no longer friends. Why? Because y'all live differently. Mm -hmm. And the and the friendship no longer serves me right. or serves them. So right. until we can communicate in a way where it's beneficial for both of us, we need mm -hmm. to just let it go. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like with divorce, especially, and I know it sounds bad because people are like, there's never a reason for divorce. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is reason for divorce. And those reasons often are outside of the typical or stereotypical this person cheated, had a baby. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people need to have a divorce because they're just not the same people anymore. Right. 
you evolve. Right. And that's okay. Yes. You learn more about yourself over the mm -hmm. years. I mean, I feel like we're an anomaly because, you know, I mean, we do, we have come across a lot of couples who say, yeah. hey, we've been dating since high school or college, but the fact that we still have the desire, I think mm -hmm. that's the, that's the component that's the most important. Having the desire mm -hmm. to want to continue to pour into and work on and communicate through a relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a family relationship, whether it's a marriage, that's probably the most important piece. I feel like we've been seeing, in, at least in social media recently, like every other day someone's popping up divorce and meaning these are like celebrity couples or couples who are yeah. just like, yo, didn't such and such just get married? Like they were just posting wedding pictures the other day and right. now we're hearing that they're divorced. Um, so some facts and stats we have, it says overall the rates of divorce in America is falling, which would make you think the opposite if you're paying attention to social media. That's why social media is not you a know, real place. Yeah, exactly. It's not a real because place. Because if you're looking at actual facts and stats, that's not the case. Do you understand why? Uh, divorces are are falling. Do I you think it. Why? I think it's because people are not well. A getting married is quick. I agree. You know, so if you're waiting to get married, or just the, the marriage yes, rate in general is lower, then divorce rate's going to be lower. Right. But what were you going to say? I, I would also say that was a good one. But I was also going to say our generation is now more communicative. Uh huh. We're we're no longer acceptive of tradition traditions, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, the whole thing. Well, wives gonna nag. Happy wife, happy life. Right. Boys will be boys. Let that man do what he does. Those were traditions that were extremely toxic mm -hmm. that allowed for poor communication skills right. to where Very men true. never had to communicate with their wives. Shit. They just do what they want. And they accept yeah. stuff. And women was just like, they were known as just nags. You didn't learn how to communicate. Mm -hmm. So it was like both parties were taught through traditions and conditioning mm -hmm. that communication doesn't solve anything. Just let them do what they do and stay married for optics. But look what you just said about that generation, right? Now, another fact is divorces amongst people age 50 plus Plus, years are rising. Yes. So now them niggas is fed up. And they're just like, I'm not doing that shit no more. Not only fed up though, they're actually finally talking to each other and realizing like, hey, mm -hmm. we don't have to stay together and that's okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's right. like people are speaking and deciding what's, what's advantageous for us individually, mm -hmm. us as a couple, and also the kids that are involved. Well, the kids... So now that makes me think mm -hmm. of these couples who are now 50 years plus, their kids are our age. Right. We're the ones that are now encouraging dialogue yes. between our parents' generation, yes, for example, right? Absolutely. How many times have you or I had to step in almost like, you know, a mediator or a counselor absolutely. or a therapist for our parents? Absolutely. Because we're seeing things now as adults that we're just like, well, goddamn, like, mm -hmm. y'all really going to just like not talk to each other? Y'all really to be just fair, not going to, you know? And to be fair, our parents weren't given the tools by their parents. Absolutely not. On how to be effect. more communicative. Yeah. You know, it's like as as you learn better as a different generation, you should do better. Mm -hmm. And sometimes doing better doesn't mean you do better for the next generation. Sometimes you gotta you gotta circle the block. You know, you gotta <laughs> spin the block and be like, hey mom and dad, have y'all ever tried this? Right. This is something that we've learned oh, for through sure. watching your generations. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times these people are looking at each other and be like, you know what? The kids are right. Mm -hmm. And all the time we thought we were doing stuff to save them. Or doing it for the kids. And right. they're really telling us how that didn't really save Listen, them at all. holding you shit know? together for the kids. That generation now is like, oh shit, our kids are grown. Like we're not <laughs> doing this facade thing anymore because we have mm -hmm. to hold it together for the kids. We can go our merry way and enjoy what's left of our life, mm -hmm. which I applaud that when people make that decision. Um, fewer couples choose to marry than pre 1990 more people are married in 2021 than in 1960 so this one that says fewer couples choose to marry 
than pre-1990. So for example, I guess I guess what they're saying is fewer couples choose to marry. I mean, couples will be together and have these conversations decide, you know what, marriage isn't for, for us. Mm. That's true. Because marriage isn't for everybody. Right. And marriage isn't the be all and end all. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Choosing marriage is like choosing to be a vegan. Mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle choice. Right. right. It's not a lifestyle obligation. You right. don't lose cool points because you're not vegan. You don't lose cool points because you're not married. Well, that's the case nowadays because back in the day, that wasn't right. the case. If a woman's rolling on her 30s and she's right. not married yet, now it's just like, well, why isn't she married? What's wrong with her? You know, but she's damaged goods. But, and that was back in the day when socioeconomically women had a better chance of advancing in society right. if they were married to... It was to, a status thing. I mean, it was a status thing. But yeah. now... Women have yeah, we do better careers. Shit. They're doing their own thing. So now mm-hmm. it's like, I don't need to have a man to feel fulfilled right. or to move upwardly in society. So right. socioeconomically, things have changed for women in this country, which, which have also affected so many of these different stats. For sure. Mm-hmm. There are around 630,000 divorces in the U.S. in 2020. Sheesh. That was yeah. a, a tough time too. People was at home. People couldn't <laughs> escape. People was at home and couldn't escape. But you I know? mean, uh, thinking of how many people are in the U.S. and th- that rate, I don't think that it doesn't seem that high. I guess we'd have to know against how many people were right. actually married. How many people were married? Yeah, and most Americans who file for divorce do so between January and March. <laughs> That's because people be fed up around <laughs> Valentine's Day. Let me tell y'all something, ladies. Like, Let me we tell y'all ain't something. Getting no gifts, no more. Men are okay, tired. No Men more. are tired of not getting shit on Valentine's Day. <laughs> where y'all got all of these expectations. Y'all want diamonds and chocolates and and rings and all this other stuff. And y'all want wine. And all y'all offer us is booty. That's all y'all want. And then though. if y'all get wine, y'all get too tired and can't even give us no booty. <laughs> so we just we just go to sleep on Valentine's Day, pissed. That's really why people getting divorced here. Well, Triple had a good point earlier pre-show. She was just like, maybe people are like, we'll give it till the end of the year. Like, you know, having a new fresh start. It's just like, all right, I gave it till December 31st. You know, or it's just like, <laughs> my let me new get year's this resolution. Last, my New Year's resolution to is to drop this back. dude. Exactly. Or, you know, my, you know, let me get my last Christmas gift round, right. you know, before I make my, my exit. So um, that's interesting to or see. Or they're trying to get divorced before tax time. Because they're like, I'm I'm filing separate, okay? <laughs> I want to be away from him I'm or her. I'm trying to get my coin back, baby, okay? So um, those are interesting to see. So how do you let go in six simple steps? All right, now. Now, these are Tribbles. Six simple <laughs> steps. And I want to say that because Tribble is happily single, uh-huh. which means she know how to let people go. She be letting motherfuckers go. Okay? I mean, are you happily single, Tribble, or are you on the hunt? You want to proud. That's what we want to know. How you going to put Triple on the spot? Triple I'm just said, asking. I'm just putting it out her. there. I'm just putting it out there. Okay? <laughs> Listen, guys. Shoot your shots. But don't be surprised if she blocks you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's step one. Block, block, motherfucker. Block. No. Um, assess your values. What do you find most important in your life? Make a list of your values and the ways you honor them. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's the core of where everything starts for people. And I'm like, if shit don't align there at the very base of, of core values, then you're off to the wrong start. If I that's like the that. Case. I like that because I feel you have to be or try your best to be as complete of a person as you can when entering into a relationship as mm-hmm. opposed to late waiting for someone to complete you. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, because sure. if you're waiting for that person to complete you, they can't. It's right. impossible for them to complete anything that you already haven't completed in yourself. Mm-hmm. So then you end up just pointing the finger and finding guilt in that person and trying to make oh, them sure. feel like they are the worst person because they haven't completed you. A relationship can't work like that. Right. Or then if you decide to go separate ways or that person who was 
completing you, quote unquote, leaves. All right. Then what? Your life is in shambles and you feel like half of your life left with you. That's true. Well, I'll be damned. That's true. I'll be damned. Assess your situation. Does it align with or go against your values? Does the situation force you to betray yourself by directing you away from the things that are most important to you? Mm. So let me ask you a question. That's interesting. Because we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. Why is it that so many women say they lost themselves in their relationship? Mm. That's not that's not typically something you hear a man say. Mm-hmm. You typically hear women say, you know, you know, I you know, I I lost who I was and now it's time for me to find who I was, who I am now right. as an individual. Even even in marriages or after having kids, why do so many women say they lost themselves? Um, I think that's because we care so much about wanting to be everything that we need our spouse or our significant other to be that sometimes you find yourself just really in this rat race of trying to appease somebody else or to be of service to somebody else or to pour into somebody else that along the way you're just like shit what do I like again like the focus is just shifted from you to somebody else I'm gonna tell you what I think it is you don't think it's that no what do you think it is? I think it's the way we've been brought up. Men have been conditioned to go out there and conquer, sow our wild oats, get get find ourselves, mm-hmm. do what we want. Mm-hmm. Where women have been conditioned to be selected by a man, right? Mm. Like if you think about the value proposition, right? Okay. For even for women, right? A right. woman can be the president of the United States if she's single. You know what they're gonna say? She don't know how to. She know how to run the country, but she can't keep a man. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I feel like. Society has put all this pressure on women to prove her value by showing that she can be acceptable by, mm-hmm. be accepted or chosen by a man. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of times women go into relationships saying, okay, that's the type of man I want to be accepted by. Mm-hmm. So let me see what I have to do in order to be uh, accepted. You know so what I'm saying? So it's more like curtailing your lifestyle to be accepted. Yes. And, and putting, it's almost like humble, putting on a song, a song and dance. Yes. Right. And this is almost, this is just my, my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Of course, mm-hmm. there's... I'm not a woman, so I right. don't know what goes into it. Right. But when I look at society mm-hmm. and I see the way we all interact, it's always a show, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, a woman's value proposition is to prove that she's acceptable or she can be received by a man or kept by a man. For a man, it's how many women can you have and how much money can you make to show your value as a man? Mm. See how different that is? Mm. For, so for us, it's never, oh, well, you don't got a wife. Right. Or you know it's not a grooming yourself for a man. Right. Right. You're not grooming yourself particularly yeah, for yeah, a woman. Yeah, you're not grooming yourself for a woman. Right. And and if a man is single, and they may call him immature and say, why she, why he chasing so many young girls, but he never loses his value for being an older man and not having a wife. Right. So for him, his purpose in life has been shifted. His purpose in life is shifted to looking for wealth mm-hmm. or power mm-hmm. or or conquering so many different women that's what his what he sees his value in mm-hmm. and i think it's toxic for both men and women to exist in that space and mm-hmm. we've talked about this before because mm-hmm. if we're teaching and grooming men to live in that space mm-hmm. but then we're teaching women to try to find a man to be accepted by right mm-hmm. how do those two people come together and have a relationship mm-hmm. if they're not groomed to be for each other right you see right, what I'm right, saying? Right. So nope, that's that's, that's what I think it is when, okay. when when women say they lost themselves. Because even even our friends that we know, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like, you never liked that before. Now you dating this guy and all of a sudden <laughs> you you like that. Like, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, like, right. Like that's different. That's extremely or when people, different. Uh, when people kind of like start to um, 
you're right like who was it i think it was one of your cousins you said like mm. whenever he's dating a certain kind of woman like he's all into their culture all into their culture he's, <laughs> he's just like he instantly becomes puerto rican or he instantly yes. becomes jamaican like depending on who he's dating it's just like who yes. are you today right no absolutely <laughs> looking absolutely. for acceptance yes looking in for a particular acceptance. space you know he wants to you know he wants to be a part of that right you, you have um, a family member that has never been married doesn't have any children he's a male Mm. And it's just living his best life, knowing that he never wanted to be married, never had children, and just is rocking out. No, he know? wanted to be married. I asked him. Oh, he did want to be married. But he never wanted to settle. Oh, he was never going to settle with someone just because he was going to be judged by people for not being married. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and if we're being honest, the only thing that happens, especially in that, he's an older gentleman in those generations, is people often say sometimes, well, he's not married. Was he gay? Right, but even that has changed for men. For men, because yeah. now it's like, dude, like mm-hmm. he don't want to be married. He just right. got mad chicks. Right, like he just don't want to be bogged down by one person. Right, but when I did ask him about it, I was just like, yo, you never wanted to get married. He said, of course I did. I wanted to get married, and of course I wanted to have wow. children. But he never wanted to settle. That's that's also kind of admirable because I know a lot of kind people, of admirable. That is admirable. <laughs> a lot of who people who would have just been like, all right, well, I mean, this person. You know, checks about seventy five percent of my boxes, so we gonna try to make it work. <laughs> we we seen you that. Know? We seen and that then, on, on the opposite side, and right. now they miserable. Right, true, very true. I mean, he's content in the fact that he's not married. It seems like he's not content. He's happy. Right. He's 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 not content. Like right. when I speak to him, he's not like you that's know, true. I'm doing okay over here. He always smiling. That is so he true. He always somewhere. That is <laughs> he, he always outside. When we see him, we always see him with an attractive woman right. around his age. Right. So he's still definitely doing right. his thing, but. Yeah. He's moving freely. I'm just trying to think if it was the other way around and then you have a woman who's of his age, for example, mm-hmm. you know, in their what? Late They're 50s. judged. They're going to be judged. It's just going to have that, you know, quote unquote, old maid syndrome. Like, oh, she's yeah. old maid with no body. But she's homegirl be might judged. be living her best life. She might Probably. find him and they get together and they have a good time, you know? Absolutely. And the thing is, there is never too too old. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we hear all the time now mm-hmm. on social media, people find love in their 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just feel like the way society has conditioned us, the old, you know, the patriarchy mm-hmm. has created, you know, yeah. a generation of people now who find themselves kind of lost, especially especially for women. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can do all these great things. And if you're not married by a certain age, your value diminishes because exactly. you're not married. I think, and I do think that that's going to change mm-hmm. because our generation and the generations after us are speaking more about the value mm-hmm. that you can bring to life without having children or being married. Yeah. But I think it's also changing from the men in particular. Mm-hmm. A lot more men, if you see, especially in our communities, mm-hmm. men are championing championing other men who have families and use mm-hmm. traditional ways to bring forth and pass forth generational wealth. Yeah, yeah. Right? So we, we see like like the dad gang. Yeah, I was about to say that example. came to mind, yeah. All men who are All men who are married or families, were married, who are invested in their families, in their invested in their children, mm-hmm. who aren't... Um, Considering their value in how many women they've slept with or mm-hmm. how much money they make, mm-hmm. their value is determined by how good of a father they are. Yes. And the more that changes, you'll see a lot more marriages going up and a lot more of the divorce rate going down, which right. is proven. And marriage by rates the going up because people want to aspire to that. There's yes. still people who aspire to be married and aspire Absolutely. to have, Absolutely. you know, the quote unquote white picket fence and things Absolutely. like that. Um, you know, so I just think the the onus is on knowing exactly what you want. All right, number three, acknowledge the good. While the situation may be bad now, it wasn't always that way. 
It's okay to remember the good times fondly and express gratitude for them, but it is important to acknowledge that those good times are not what is present. So that's pretty cool. Just it's like healthy. It's healthy to know like healthy. at one point this was good, but it's no longer serving me. You know one thing I can't stand in divorces? When the people blame. get divorced and now everything that that person did was the worst thing ever. You oh, loved sure. that person at that one is point. A fact. Don't don't go don't walk around now acting like that person is the devil. Right. Okay? Cuz if that's the case, you loved the devil. <laughs> at some point. You know at some point like people <laughs> yeah. change, things mm-hmm. happen, situations mm-hmm. and Kanina and I always say this. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Everyone has a story as to why they hate their ex, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He did this, she did this. Then you ask the person, "Well, he did this, she did that." What happened first? Right. No one wants to claim mm-hmm. what was the start of this snowball that created the divorce. Right. So let's not even go there. Let's talk right. about the happy times and remember that, yo, you're both humans. Right. You both have good redeeming qualities. Right. Remember that in that separation and be like, you know what? I loved you for this reason. And allow people who are mutual friends of yours to not have to decide to pick a side. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Bruh, for the love of God, y'all liked each other at some point. And then we liked y'all too. <laughs> right, 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 right. We may not have liked y'all together, but we could like y'all as individuals. Mm-hmm. And we can continue to like y'all as individuals after the fact. Yeah. But I think sometimes when that letting go divorce process happens, it's like, whose side are you going to be on? First of all, <laughs> I'm on the side of the Lord. And then secondly, <laughs> I don't feel like I have to necessarily choose a side because yeah. why? There's certain things I liked about you as an individual and you as an individual. Yeah. You didn't do me wrong in that situation. I might feel away because you did my friend wrong. Right. But right. Th- there comes a point where people right. kind of naturally, I think, will gravitate to one side. I and agree. what makes that a case is when usually they split and they're not on good terms. For example, our friends that split and they're on good terms, we can easily and freely still be friends with both, both of, of them. them. Because they both can coexist in a space together. They both are okay being around yeah. each other. They you know? still go to each other's events. Yeah. So we go to both events they have events right. and, and it's like, well, they, they're amicable and they were mature enough to understand that they still love each other and they're still friends. Right. When I tell you they have the most beautiful divorce I've ever seen never in my seen life. I've like never it. seen anything like it. Yeah. And, and I told them, I said, y'all need to write a book <laughs> on divorce. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because when you speak to the two of them, right? You know, sometimes you speak to people who divorce and the first thing they say, oh, this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. No, nope. They'd be like, you know, your friend, you know, I love him or I love her. And it's like, dang, y'all still say y'all love each other. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, and they still, re- they like like this says, they remember the good times. Yeah. And they don't push those aside because the bad times are the reason why they're no mm-hmm. longer together. Yeah. Those I good think times that's important. In, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Those good times got them in a position where they're good to be okay as individuals, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes you end up in a situation like we have another set of friends who divorced and I'm just like, I just always kind of liked you more than I liked you. So I just naturally became a right. little bit closer to you. Like it right. just happens like that. It does happen. And it's not because you're not together anymore. But yeah. as a couple, sometimes you got to take the deal. You got to take the package. And, yeah. you yeah. know, you tend to connect more with one yeah. person in the couple. So, you know. Don't let your friends who have to coexist with y'all feeling uncomfortable <laughs> and shit. All right. Because that shit is awkward. <laughs> Allow yourself to grieve. It may be hard at first, but the end of anything always requires you to grieve. Accept that it is the end and let yourself feel what comes up in this knowing. Pretty straightforward. That is you know? pretty straightforward. Everything I think um, time. everything that comes in these time to grieve. For sure. You, you can't expect people to 
see an ending, something so finite, and then just be normal the next day. Right. The grieving process is often the mm-hmm. empathy the outside people should have for those who are going through right. those emotions. Because right. realistically, we never existed mm-hmm. in that relationship, so mm-hmm. we don't know what emotions are happening. Absolutely. So telling people, you know, move on already, move mm-hmm. on already. That to me, that's that's probably the worst thing you can tell someone because now you're you're not validating their feelings. Mm-hmm. And you're making them feel as if they don't have a reason to grieve. Mm. And a lot of times that creates confusion. Mm-hmm. And that create that confusion can often create depression and anxiety. Right. It's like, then they start second guessing, am I not supposed to feel the way? Mm-hmm. And if I, I do feel the way, what's wrong with me? Right. Then that, that what's wrong with me begins the self-loathing process. And it's even harder to move on when you're self-loathing. Well, yeah, because like you said, usually we see, for example, divorce or anything ending as a failure. Right. When ending something or or um, even terminating a business or or ending mm-hmm. a job, like sometimes that's actually a, cel- a reason actually for celebration. Like Absolutely. You, have you seen people having divorce parties now? Yes. People are yes. just like, yo, I'm celebrating the fact that I can now reacclimate myself with mm-hmm. a single life and this is going to serve me better. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that works. Release it. Acknowledge to yourself that you're letting go of what you're ending. Adopt a mindfulness or faith practice so that you can learn how to let difficult moments and thoughts move through you more easily instead of being stuck. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who have made transitions or ended certain relationships and that in turn brought them closer to God, for example, because that was yeah. their way of you know, like it says, faith practice. That was their way of trying to have. Triple know, say, go to lean, church, y'all. Lean on, <laughs> go, lean on go the to Lord, <laughs> lean on the Lord, or just find a way to, I guess, cope. This is like a, a way to cope. To me, I think it's very simple. Though. Releasing is understanding that you cannot control everything in life. Mm-hmm. Holding on to things that you can't control will will often leave you heartbroken, but set you up for ultimate failure. Mm-hmm. You set those expectations where you think you control everything, right? And then when you can't control it, those are failures. I You're trying to control stuff mm-hmm. that you can't control, and every time it becomes out of control, you feel like you failed. For sure. That's when you start to feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. When in reality, you couldn't control it anyway. Absolutely. So how could you feel inadequate about something you could never control, but you kept trying to control, and you failed at it? You got to learn how to release things. Yeah. For example... You're in a relationship with someone. You cannot control how that person feels about you. This is a fact, mm-hmm. right? You can love them in every love language that they require. You can buy them gifts. You can take them on trips. You can do everything. But if that person is just not feeling the same way about you as you felt about them, you never can control that and you never could control that. The idea that you can buy a person's feelings or love language a person's feelings or sex a person's feelings is just wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's how you set yourself up for failure. Release it. Wake up in the morning, every morning, knowing that that person doesn't have an obligation to love me. Mm. That person has to make a choice. Mm. And if that person decided on this day that they no longer loved me, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because I was never in control of that in the beginning. Mm. Easier said than done, though. Because I'll... I'll lasso you in, boy, real quick if you decide one day you don't love me no more. You know what's funny? <laughs> we fighting. You know what's funny, though? No, it's, it's, it's funny you say that. We should have a... a I want to have a podcast with a group of guys and girls. Okay. Because we often talk about this. They say that guys mm-hmm. can have sex with girls mm-hmm. and just walk away and not care, mm-hmm. not have a emotional connection. But mm-hmm. they say women tend to have more of an emotional connection, mm-hmm. right? Now, when they talk about 
physiologically and emotionally and stuff like that. We're all built different, right? You guys have estrogen, we have testosterone. Certain hormones and certain physiological differences allow us to move on differently. Well, yeah. Right? And it makes it that much harder sometimes to even understand each other. Which is a scientific fact. Yeah. Right? Which is a scientific fact. But I think that's also important for men to understand when you lay down with a woman and you have a soul tie, for you to just say, hey, this ain't for me and walk away may be easier for you than her. Mm -hmm. So it's important, men, to have empathy mm -hmm. for women who you're trying to have a relationship with, even if it doesn't work out. I'm not saying be sympathetic and stay with her just because of her feelings, mm -hmm. but be empathetic and choose your words wisely as to why you no longer be, want to be in that relationship. Mm -hmm. That can help a woman release. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not sitting here trying to make it seem like women are weaker so you have to do things this way. No. What I'm saying, let's own up to the fact that we are different. Right. Like physiologically, we are different beings. For sure. I so mean, the approach to being apart has to be handled differently. You know right. understand what I'm saying? And then also too, um, you know, I don't know if it's a thing or not or if it's something that we were just saying because it sounds right to say it, but women now I'm hearing are having more transactional sex and they can be the ones to yeah. walk away from those situations. And does, does, does that leave the man now kind of butthurt? Like, damn, like she just kind of sometimes. hit and run. I'm like, what sometimes. did I do wrong? Maybe I didn't hit it right. No, that, that <laughs> you know? sometimes, like, no, abs that you know? goes down. I'm glad you brought that she, up. She might've just was in it for what she wanted and she kept it pushing. Okay, I'm glad you brought Sis, that up because you. it is exactly what you said, right? Men have been socially conditioned to believe that we can have sex with women and walk away, mm -hmm. have no emotional ties, and that women have more emotional ties. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes you run into that woman who is just like you. Facts. Who make her <laughs> own money, who do her own thing, who just be like, yo, I wanted some dick. Period. And now the dude is like, what? Mm -hmm. and, and that dude I sometimes... Yeah, sometimes that yeah, dude precisely. is like... It's not even that I wanted to be with her. It's the fact that she... <laughs> She took the liberty to decide that she didn't want to be with me. Thanks. And that's what hurts. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And that that happens as society changes, right? Mm -hmm. Those soul ties back in the day, think about it. If you, you grew up in the 40s and the 50s, mm -hmm. and your only way to advance socially was to find a wealthy man, and now you're competing with other women for that same wealthy man, that wealthy man decides to sleep with you, right? Mm -hmm. But then wants to marry Mary Joe Beth. <laughs> so now you gave this man part of yourself, but you're still at home with your parents because it's the 40s and women aren't allowed to work. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the gap for wages during that time for women that did work was so small that now you're working, but you're still living with your parents. And he went on and married Mary Beth after sleeping with you. That's a different type of pain. Right. Then in the night in, in 2022, right. when you sleep with that guy who you think is wealthy and then he goes and sleeps with, with Mary Beth, but you're valued at seven figures as a woman. So you can go on and do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're gonna it's, find different. You Joe. it's different. It's yeah. different now. You know what I'm saying? No, for sure. So, so people need to understand that all of those different mentalities have changed yeah. a lot. It ain't the same ball you know? game, y'all. And last but not least, give yourself time. Acceptance is key, right? To accept the ending, give yourself time away from it. Mm. Try your best to keep your attention away from the past and in the present moment. Because what? Out of sight, out of mind. Oh, Trib. Trib. You know what? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Dr. Tribble. Okay? <laughs> this, this one right here, to accept the ending, give yourself time away from it. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah? Yes. Sometimes you just have to cold turkey walk away. Cut the, cut the tie and go. Sometimes. Easier said than But I think that this is important. People have to realize that your, li your love life, especially in divorce, is only one aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. When that part ends, your life doesn't end. Think about it. If you're a parent, if you're a career person, you have extended family, you have friends, 
just because one aspect of your life is changing, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that the rest of your life stops. And oftentimes we focus on the one thing that we can't control. And when we can't control that one aspect, it seems like our whole life is out of control yeah. because yeah. you're you're so blinded. Hyper-focused. You're hyper-focused yeah. on the one thing that's not going in your favor at the moment. That's true. And then that, now what? We depressed. We got anxiety. <laughs> you're taking time off work. <laughs> yeah. You're neglecting your kids. You're staying right. away from your friends. You're staying right. away from your family. Your you're off. isolating yourself because you're not removing yourself from that one little piece and realizing like, wait a minute. Right. I have a ton of other things I should be grateful, happy, and excited about. Mm-hmm. And you're hyper-focused on the one thing you can't control. That to me, this number six, is key. Probably the most important. Give yourself time away. Okay, this part of the relationship is ending. It's not working. Let me not wake up every day and see if this person texts me. Right. Let me not check their Facebook or their Instagram or their mm-hmm. Twitter every day to see what they're doing. We focus on other things. Yeah. That's healthy. Yeah. That's healthy. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. I think we're going to take a quick break now mm-hmm. and uh, come back and see what y'all got to say today. What are we talking about in listening letters? All right. Stick around. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this, Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes. No nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black Founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. We're talking about letting go, letting go of relationships, Let letting go, go of hairlines. I mean, <laughs> all, all the letting go is happening today. Listen, I'm not letting it go. See, my my nah, joint, you good, baby. You my joint's starting to come back. Listen, it's all coming right? back, baby. Not only it's giving stress free. Am I the president? I'm a client. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's see what y'all got to talk about today. Hi, Devon Kadeen. I want to say I love you guys' podcast. I had a great time at the live event in New York. Yes, baby. The live you. shows were so popping, y'all. Yes. Kadeen, love the long ponytail, sis. Thank you. Listen, the long ponytails are making a comeback, baby. Janelle's out here, you know, starting trends and whatnot. Because all y'all got ponytails to, to the floor now. Shout out to Janelle Silly Smith. After that long ponytail with the rings in between, we've seen it four separate times. And Listen, we saw it on Fashion Week. Fashion Week. So give my girl Janelle Silly Smith her credit. Period. It's the first time I've seen it. Period. And then I used it that night. I had the, the rails. I was holding on to the rails. I Talk was, about a lasso, okay? I was holding on mm-hmm. to the rails. It was giving Shlack stallion. Like it. it. It was giving stallion. I used the end as a whip, too. I was like, <laughs> throw it back, Kay. Throw it back. <laughs> back in. <laughs> All right, girl. She says she needs some advice slash an honest opinion. My okay. boyfriend and I have been together since senior year of high school. Mm. A prom date turned into a wonderful 12-year and counting love story. After high school, I went to college, got a degree, and now work in corporate. My boyfriend, on the other hand, has had a different career path of not being able to complete college, part-time jobs, living paycheck to paycheck, and now finally a certified HVAC technician. Okay, at least he went back. Guys. He got a trait. Okay. My boyfriend is 30 and I'm 29 years old. I'm at the point where I want to get married and have kids. We've been together way too long to not be moving towards marriage. So Mm. I gave him an ultimatum Mm. that he needs to propose to me by the end of this year, 2022, or I'm out. He agreed, but his mind is so focused on the money aspect. He is not financially stable. He says, I don't understand since my path was easy compared to his. We both know that I make more money and he won't be near my level anytime soon. I do tell him that we are a partnership, a team, but he's not buying it. Mm. The question I have is, am I waiting on a proposal? Is more is waiting on a proposal more important, love or money stability? Mm, we talked about this, hmm. but go ahead. Our love bond is strong, but at the same time, is it okay knowing I may have to pay for everything in the future, expenses, nights out, or vacations, or that I might need to do things alone? He's a great man and will be a great father. He just settled into a career path much later in life. Any advice you can give me is much appreciated. I want to hear what you guys say. Go ahead. Um, hold on, let me just recap. And you know, when you read sometimes, you're just like, let me make sure I get my Yeah. So um it already is giving resentment because I can see how this is going to build into resentment 
in a relationship, especially if they're trying to get married. I already know that Deval has said in the past, men have a plan. And their plan is typically to make sure that they feel like they're financially stable enough to be able to care for a spouse and then care for future children. Because that goes on us. The way we talked about social conditioning and how women are conditioned to look for acceptance in a man for their Mm -hmm. value. A man's value is determined by how much money he makes. Right. And And how much he can provide for a future family and spouse. So I think putting the pressure and the ultimatum on him is not going to take things anywhere. Especially if he is already just financially not going to be able to do it. He can't do it. Period. Um, It just literally comes down to the math of everything. And I can already foresee that if she's the one that's going to be the breadwinner and taking on all the responsibility in the household... Mm -hmm. The resentment is already starting, sis. Like, we had a very similar letter about this yep. before, and I know people in this this exact situation. And as a woman, you begin to feel like, you know, damn, like, I'm I'm the one that has to play the quote-unquote man role in this relationship. Yep. I think like this. They're 30 now, right? She's five years away from be- becoming considered geriatric for having children. <laughs> yeah, that's so what I they understand told my her sense of urgency. It's yeah. like, yo... We've been together since we were 18. It's 12 years now. I'm 30. I want to have kids. You're finally getting settled in a career, which means I'm going to probably have to wait another couple of years for you to be able to say, I'm, excuse me, I'm comfortable getting engaged. Then we have to wait another couple of years to say, I'm comfortable getting married. Mm-hmm. Then it's another couple of years to say, I'm comfortable having children. Right. That puts her into what? Mm-hmm. Late 30s. Mm-hmm. It's way more difficult for a woman to have a baby in her late 30s. So I get her sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. But I also understand where he's coming from. Yeah. At no point did she say that he was a deadbeat. She right. said that he was trying to figure out his place in life. Mm-hmm. He finally became an HVAC uh, technician. So he's found his place or what he wants to do. It's going to take time to build. Doesn't mean that he doesn't want to build with her. It just didn't happen on her timeline. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens with so many men and women. Her timeline isn't matching his timeline. So do you leave a man that you love, who you think is going to be a great father and husband, to find someone who's more on your timeline? Right. That man may be on your timeline, but what if he's an asshole? Right. What if he's a narcissistic, money-hungry type of dude who's just going to use you as a trophy wife and you'll not be happy? You'll have mm-hmm. some kids, he'll tell you to sit your ass at home while he goes out and do whatever he want to do. He was on your timeline to get married because you right. got married what you want, but he's not loving you the way this man has been loving you since 18. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't just decide that my timeline is more important than love and what I see for myself. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest thing. That's my biggest issue with, with women is like, Everything has to be on your timeline. Mm-hmm. And my biggest issue with men is not understanding that their timeline exists for a reason. Yeah. Biologically, they can't sit back and fucking wait for you to figure it out in your right. late 30s. Like, they can't, bro. Right. Like, like we as a community of people have to start realizing that these are realities, mm-hmm. right? A woman's biological clock is real. The reason why I get passionate about this is because we had our fourth child, K had postpartum preeclampsia and could have died. That's a reality Mm -hmm. that she could have died having a baby that much later in life because her body has already gone through its prime of having children. Right. Women don't want to think about that. As a a husband, I don't want to think about that. Yeah. What if I wasn't where I wanted to be in my life and I kept pushing back and pushing back and we went to have our first child Mm -hmm. at 38? Mm Mm-hmm. And something happened and we lost a child. Now we try to go again at 39 and 40 and, my, and your body can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can understand how resentment can come from a woman at that point. Oh, for sure. If she waited that long and now her body is saying they can't. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly understand that. Yep. But, and then as a man, I could, I could see how 
say I wanted to have a child mm-hmm. and I wanted to have multiple kids and I only had one child. Mm-hmm. You have to make a decision as a man what your timeline is going to be as well. And ladies, y'all have yeah. to understand if your timeline is that important, be upfront about it from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And let them know exactly what you're looking for and why. Right. Because, I mean, she said 12 years they've been together. So 12 yeah. years they've been working at this relationship. And the fact that mm-hmm. they've been able to grow together through these 12 yes. years, I think, is already admirable. And her trying to sell to him the point that they're a team or a partnership, I think, is nice. And I think mm-hmm. she, her heart's in the right place. The same mm-hmm. way with you and I. It was like some yeah. moments I had it and you didn't. And vice yeah. versa. You had yeah. it and then I didn't. But we knew wholeheartedly together that we were a team. And you felt okay leaning on me in those moments because why? You were pounding the pavement to be able to then take us out of the situation that we were in. And then the role switched to where you were the breadwinner. I was. It went back and forth a lot for us in it the didn't very go back beginning. And forth. It didn't go back and forth a lot. I was the breadwinner for the first three years. Mm-hmm. Even though you were making more consistent money, I still made my own money. Well, yeah, right. So exactly. there was there was never I was talking a point about more when you were like building your business and having to like kind of start from scratch. Oh no, no, know? I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But even in that moment, you weren't the breadwinner mm-hmm. at that time. I still made more money, but I relied on your money to make sure all the bills were paid for while sure. I was reinvesting. Right. That's the partnership so part. That was the partnership. Mm-hmm. But I think it's different when she makes more money than him. Mm-hmm. So he he can't even contribute as much mm-hmm. as she can, mm-hmm. right? That right there, for dynamic purposes, is going to be an issue between the two of them, mm-hmm. especially if they want, she wants to have kids because if she has to step back for a year or two to focus on the kids, he can't support that. True. Right? So yeah, my issue, I can see the difference My there. issue with that is when you give someone an ultimatum, an ultimatum only gets what you want at that time, but that doesn't put the person you gave the ultimatum to in a positive space to continue to provide that for you mm-hmm. for the longevity of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So when you say to somebody, we need to get married now or I'm out, he could bend to that, yeah. right? And say, fine, 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 fine. I'm going to propose, right? Like I did. Remember mm-hmm. you said you didn't want to be a living uh, girlfriend anymore. Mm-hmm. So I proposed knowing that I wasn't ready to be married, right? Mm-hmm. Then you said, let's get married. Because you don't want to be engaged too long. Mm-hmm. You didn't give me an ultimatum, but you pretty much was telling me, like, you got to shit to get off the pot, mm-hmm. right? So we got married. And we weren't in a good financial space for me to be the type of husband I could be. Mm-hmm. And we struggled the first five years. So yeah. you ultimately got what you wanted. Right. But it wasn't perfect. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Giving people an ultimatum to get what you want in that time right. doesn't work, especially if you're only focused on the title and the wedding. Mm-hmm. And not focused on the marriage. Mm-hmm. If you're really focused on the marriage in its totality, and the marriage, if you really want to be married to someone, is infinite. Mm-hmm. So there's no amount of time that's going to go out where the marriage expires until somebody dies. Right. So you're forcing somebody. You're forcing somebody to get married to you so you can have a wedding on your time mm-hmm. without thinking about the marriage. To me, it's just short sighted. You know what I'm saying? No, I completely get it. I don't it. believe in ultimatums. I just I don't completely get it. Hey. I understand I the biological is. clock, yeah, but ultimatums never work. Never work. Mm. All right, girl. Hopefully that helps. Puts a little per- things into perspective for you. Um, all right. We got one more listener letter. Let's see what we got here. What's up, Kadeen and DeVal? I'm Kay from Houston. What's up, Kay? And I've been a long-time listener since the IG videos and the start of the podcast. Thank you so nice. much. I have a situation with a young woman I've been involved with for about four years. We've had a very rough relationship. Within that time, I found out that The child she had in 2019 wasn't mine. I stuck around and told her that we can work through it and everything was good until she started acting very masculine once she moved out on her own. Within the four years, I helped her get two cars with one being in my name that I ended up getting from her upon getting her a newer and much better car. She started to act like she didn't want to spend time with me 
The sex stopped, and every time I wanted to talk, she would always tell me, not right now, and it's been like that for four years. Dude, what are we talking about at this mm-hmm. point? Honestly speaking, I've been verbally, mentally, and emotionally abused by this woman. By the by, the way, she's 23, and I'm 29. As of right now, she ended up having another baby by the same type of guy who denied it was when we decided to call the quits. Well, I don't what understand are we talking what's about happening. Here, bro? Air quotes because she couldn't stay away from... She, we couldn't stay away from each other. Okay. I stuck by her side through that as well. Dude, she using you. Recently, <laughs> I got fed up with the way I've been treated, so I let her know how I've been feeling for the last few years. Long story short, this woman had the nerve to tell me that I wasn't always there for her when every time I was trying to be there for her, she ghosted or sent, or sent me the voicemail. Dude, she's clearly using you. <laughs> and she told me everything I told her to use it against me. She's a narcissist. She's recently she's recently behind on a lot of her bills because she has uh, grown people saying to her that she can't staying with oh, her. Oh, staying with her. What is hap do? That she can't even that she that they can't, can't even, even help her. her. And I managed to get her money to catch up. Why? Why, on why her are we rent do- and her car note? Should I leave this bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, she's been gone. What she's are we doing gone. here? You don't have her. <laughs> why are you here? You don't have her. Yes. Dude, this is this you is You can't clear- leave a place that you ain't at, bro. This is clear. This is clear. And I'm gonna say this on on TV Yikes. on the podcast. Narcissism is not a male trait. Facts. Okay, anybody can be a narcissist. I see on social media all the time. The minute a man uses manipulation to get a woman to do something, oh, he's a narcissist. He's a narcissist. Mm-hmm. What about the women who use children to manipulate their their baby that is fathers? A fact. That what is about a fact. the women who use sex to manipulate in relationships? Yes. What about the women who use the fact that they need help, the damsel in distress, mm-hmm. they're narcissists as well. And they know who they can pull that shit with. And you are one of them, bro. Absolutely. Definition of a burger. It's giving burger vibes. I'm going to call him in a burger. First of all, <laughs> he's 23, which means he's extremely no, young. No, he's 29 and she's 23. Oh, yeah. He's 29, she's 23, which means she's young, right? Yeah. She's yeah. young. So she's She's immature. looking at Instagram life too. She's probably yes. just like, oh, I got this older dude because you're the older dude to her. Who's going to take care of her. Who's going to take care of her. Yeah. While she's out there and then she living had two a city kids, girl life. Two kids. With other people. With other people. Like, she was never yours, bro. She's not clocked in, baby. Now here's the reality, right? He's delusional in his mind and he thinks that that's his woman. Mm-hmm. Right? And the reason why he thinks that that's his woman is because he continues to provide stuff for her. Right. Remember when I said men find their value? They yeah. find their value in saying, I can take care, yes. I can provide, I can... That's This right here is the version of toxic masculinity that we don't ever see. Mm. The version that a man is so toxic, toxically masculine mm-hmm. that he allows a woman to treat him like shit because he feels like a man because he can take, take care, care of her. her. Oh my goodness, that was a word. He has to get, the, he has to get that out of hey, his mind. come on, Kay. Right? I think you're a great dude, but the, she's just not the one for you, man. And that ain't your kid. Stop giving her money. Right. Leave her alone, And bro. you said she's living with adults who clearly know that you're the guy that's taking, paying, care, taking of them. care of them. <laughs> the collective them. Bro, you yeah, being, I'm sorry, you being bro. used. That last sentence, you should being, I leave this bitch? Help me, please. Kay, bro. listen to me, Kay. Kay, where's the camera? Kay, Kay, bye. Don't, listen, she's communicated to you how she feels. You got to believe her when she says it. Yeah. She says you weren't there for her. She says she don't want to be with you. Believe her. Move on. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Everything's gonna work out right, you know. <laughs> no.
okay, country music version. All right. But yeah, she goes. She be she be ghosting you and sending nah, you the voicemail, but then she wants easy. to answer when she needs money. That bruh, was easy. That period. Was easy. All right, y'all. If you want to be featured as a listener letter, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D E A D A S S A D V I C E at gmail.com. All right, now, moment of truth time. We're talking about letting it go, letting it go, whether it's divorce, when things are no longer serving you, whatever the relationship may be. It may be a job. Yes. Like I said, it may be a hairline. But when you decide, <laughs> how do you decide to let it go? What is your moment of truth, babe? Moment of truth. When things are no longer serving you and you can't be of service to the person that you feel mm-hmm. you want to be of service to, it's okay to let it go. Let it go. Divorce. I'm going to get take a line from my son. Divorce is a mark, mm. not a tattoo. Ooh. It won't last forever. Ooh. The minute you find something on and you move on and you let it go, find something better, baby. That's a fact. It's a mark, not a tattoo. That is a fact. I like that one there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my moment of truth is letting go or putting an end to whatever the relationship may be. It can be a toxic marriage. It can be a toxic relationship. It can be a job that's not fulfilling. Those things are not necessarily failures. Mm. And we have to stop the narrative and stop the Mm. dialogue around Mm. that being a failure. Mm. Sometimes it's just a lesson. Mm. Sometimes it's a moment for you to say, you know what? This did not work for me in this season. This relationship is no longer serving me in this season. It's taking its course and it's time for me to grow and move on. And you'd be surprised how when we don't look at some of these endings as failures, they become new beginnings and say, opportunities for you to flourish. A divorce and be happy. doesn't have to be a failure. It can also be a victory. Yeah. Think about how much you can flourish when you're not carrying that baggage anymore. Yeah. Sometimes letting it go can be a victory. That's a fact. All right, y'all. Be sure to follow us on social media. The podcast page is Dead Ass the Podcast. And you can find me at Kadeen I Am. And I am Devout. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Dead Ass. Dead Ass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Dead Ass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.